With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Horn Countdown to the Championship Kickoff Show. Presented by One Source Gas and our travel partners, Hayes City Store and The Taste on Main. to the sports complex on a friday afternoon a special three hour sports complex is we're going to bring you some great coverage of the big 12 championship game texas versus oklahoma state that is happening on saturday and our man aaron hogan is in dallas already getting ready for the game he's got some friends hanging out at terry black's barbecue so why don't we get aaron on the line as well aaron how you doing today brother you ready for the show today man welcome to dallas downtown uh, scene of the crime and about three, two months, two and a half months ago, when the long, two months ago, when the Longhorns played Oklahoma, we we're here at Terry Black's Barbecue in Deep Ellum, right on Main Street, uh, East Downtown Dallas. And yes, joined by Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, Bobby Burton, Inside Texas. They just wrapped up a, a live stream to their audience all over the country, all over the world, getting ready for the Longhorns' first appearance in the Big 12 championship game since 2018, uh, looking to win it for the first time since 2009. Jerry, how are you, buddy? I'm great, man. It's uh, just uh, ready to get this game going tomorrow. Uh, uh, I, it was interesting. Uh, did a, our YouTube live stream this morning from the uh, Walmart parking lot with <laughs> AT&T in the background, the stadium, and the Oklahoma State 18-wheeler uh, that takes all their football equipment in front of us in the uh, Walmart parking lot. So, and it was about 40 degrees, 45 degrees, so we got the mor- morning going uh, great. But uh, you can sense the excitement just walking around, driving around. Um, I, I'm expecting a good 65,000 Texas fans in AT&T tomorrow. Yeah, it's sold out. I was talking to a good buddy of mine who's trying to get a ticket. They didn't even have one yet. So there's, a, there's plenty available on the Oak State side. Not yeah. as many. Uh, in the, obviously, the Longhorn side, a little tougher. Uh, but it is, it is a special occasion. Patrick Davis back at the studio. We are at Terry Black's Barbecue uh, here in downtown. Terry Black's right here. We'll come on up. If you're out here, come over and uh, meet Terry himself. He's uh, uh, he's been to every Texas game since the 60s, yep. <laughs> I believe. So, uh, Terry, a big Longhorn uh, fan. Food's unbelievable oh, here, my by the way. Uh, unbelievable. It really is. It, it, it's almost like the Diet Coke's better because of the foods being so good here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, we also want to thank uh, our friends at One Source Gas uh, of, of Central Texas there. My buddy Richard Strever and his team. If you have compressed gas needs for your business, whether they be uh, CO2 or nitrogen or uh, anything for your uh, beer taps or your uh, veterinary clinic, your doctor's office, let him be your guy and his team at One Source Gas. They are our presenting partner here for our coverage today and tomorrow for pregame coverage. 
three hours over there in Arlington. Get your details on where we'll be. Also, thanks to my friend Travis Tyndall and the team at Hayes City Store and Ice House and uh, their new location, Travis and Tamara's Taste on Main in charming downtown Buda. Great steak and seafoods, uh, but on the casual side. So we'll tell you about them as well. But, Patrick, uh, gearing up for this game, obviously Longhorn's a heavy favorite, and, uh, you know, you have to take care of business. And I don't know if you heard this morning, Patrick, we talked to Quan Cosby. And Quan was on his way up here. He was dropping names on me there, Jerry. He was like, yeah, I'm going to the Hartzell <laughs> L-type party tonight. I'll be looking for McConaughey. I'm like, man, now give me a ticket, man. Give me up in there. But I thought Quan said something that was, uh, that was really insightful for, for Longhorn fans that are, like, teeth gnashing about Florida State and the playoff. And Quan was like, you know what? Just be present. Enjoy the championship. Win the championship. If everything happens the way it should, it'll be fine. As Sark said, the dust will settle where it's supposed to settle. Uh, but being the first time in 14 year, 13 or 14 years, it's been a long slog of mediocre, bad football for, for quite, a, quite a bit of it. Uh, you know, savor the opportunity to play for a championship, Jerry. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and being the last Big 12 yes. championship, I, I think, just adds to it. Look, I, uh, we, we were saying, Rod and I have been talking about it a couple times this week. It feels like... The last four games for Texas have kind of been the real revenge tour, almost personal in a way for Sark. I think, you know, TCU in 2022, Texas had 199 yards of offense, probably a low for Steve Sarkeesian in his coaching career. They avenged that loss. Uh, Oak, uh, then Iowa State on the road after the 30-7 ugly loss uh, in Ames two years ago. Bo Davis is famous that I thought was great bus rant. I think even though they lost to Kansas after that, that was where this program started to change. I think Bo Davis said what needed to be said there. Texas avenged that loss. Um, and then you had Texas Tech because Brett Yormark added to it after Joey McGuire talked about it after uh, Texas Tech won in Lubbock last year. Texas more than avenged that loss. Now you have Oklahoma State, who was a bad loss last year. Mike Gundy just gets Big 12 Coach of the Year. Yes. After losing to South Alabama 33-7, Steve Sarkeesian wins at Alabama by 10. Nobody's ever done that under, uh, against Nick Saban since he's been at Alabama. And Steve Sarkeesian doesn't win uh, Big 12 Coach of the Year. Only team in the hunt for the playoffs in the Big 12. I think this would be the final piece of that Sarkeesian personal revenge tour, Aaron. Yeah, Jerry Hamilton. And let's not forget, uh, you know, he can, he can take it personal in his, uh, in his wife, L'Oreal. $50,000 bonus in his contract. Oh, there's that. that. Too. <laughs> That's going to buy some nice suits for next year. Yeah, could it cost him fifty grand? But they, you know, as we said all you all year, I know Rod has said it a million times on our show and with you guys. You know, leaving, uh, you know, jumping out of the conference like Oklahoma is. You've heard from the deputy commissioner. We've heard from the commissioner. You know, it's bon voyage for them. You're not going to get any breaks. You're not going to. No. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt, and that's that's probably fine. I thought the Texas volleyball team kind of got hosed on some of the uh, the conference honors as well, being the defending national champions that they are. So uh, that's that's the the F or F or A F O thing, right? The yeah. F around and find out deal yes. that the ball yes, ones yes, are running yes. with. Uh, which you know, and, and you know what? If you got to, if not, if you got to, if you if it's there, use it. And the players certainly are. Sark's leaning into it, even though he won't say it publicly. Um, you know. Keep the receipts. Put a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. That's fine. Look, the one of the masters of all time with that was John Calipari. Yes. I mean, he had his 39-1 and Kentucky team thinking it was them against the world. I mean, you know, look, it, and he had the most talented basketball team in college in a long time with Anthony Davis, and they were favored to beat everybody. And he still had them thinking it was us against the world. Um, and I think Sark has done, with help from the Big 12 commissioner, uh, and other teams knowing that these Texas kids, knowing you're going to get the best shot from everybody else, it's it's been pretty good 
of Sark to get a us-against-the-world mentality with this team this year, and they've really taken it to the field here recently. And I expect Texas to play their most physical football game of the year tomorrow. Uh, agreed against Oklahoma State, who beat them last year in Stillwater, the game I was in attendance, and it was a real frustrating game. Texas like they were going to run away with it early, 31-17, and then, like so many times last year, uh, you know, collapsed in the fourth quarter, and Oak State got the win. But uh, there's another receipt to keep. Patrick, uh, it does feel like uh, this Texas team, maybe you know, coming out of the Quinn Ewers injury, to, to you have that happen in the Houston game on the road when things were going south anyway, to survive that game, get through the K-State game with Malik Murphy, um, you know, get Quinn Ewers back and still survive the TCU game. Feels like that Iowa State game and then the four quarters they played against Tech. Second half at Iowa State, four quarters at, uh, at Texas Tech, uh, Patrick, the best they've played. And if they can carry that momentum with, with an extra day off, having played Friday night into tomorrow's game, uh, could be a long day for Oklahoma State if the Longhorns can bring that intensity for, for four more quarters and win a championship. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll point out, too, when we talk about getting the team ready and what you said with Quan. Uh, trying to get the team to just be focused and not worry about the other games. I thought it was interesting he said in his press conference yesterday or his media availability yesterday when he was asked about uh, how is you know how are you keeping the team in the right mental space and he talked about watching a movie and then he kind of mentioned I let the players deal with it and it's a difference we've seen with this Texas team this year that the leadership on the field and the leadership on the sidelines of the players they're the guys who are passing around that here let's go look at Brett Yormark they're the guys who are going to show you all the bullets in our material and Sark can go handle the game plan he doesn't have to bring that he can just bring normality to this week and kind of treat it like a regular week. And the players on the sideline, they know what's at stake, so they're going to come out and bring their best game. And so when you see what they've kind of done with Iowa State and what they did, uh, especially against Texas Tech, that I think they're starting to really believe that the goal that they've been working for, that a lot of these guys that have been here, and they, you know, the guys, the seniors who were there with Tom Herman and never really felt like they were a national championship team in the last two years, not even close really, but you're close to the Big 12 championship. I think they feel it now, and the players that have been here are leading the way of, hey, man, this is not an every-year thing. This is not something you can take for granted. So we need to go out there and every single play, and whether it's special teams or it's a third down in, in the fourth quarter, you got to get that, that big play. Yeah, I think you're right about that because, look, their mission all year has not been to win the national championship. Yeah. That would be great. It was to win the Big 12. And as we talked about very beginning, first week, uh, uh, Patrick, Jerry, you know, there's so many guys on this team that will never play a game in the SEC. This right. is it for them, right? This season is their season. If they end up in the college playoff, uh, that would be awesome. They get a month to prepare for it and take a deep breath. But this has been the focus, uh, the mission, keeping the receipts, revenge tour, as you just said, uh, but also winning this championship. So I do think it will be easier to focus on this game for them. And I also think it, it's a benefit that it's the first game of the day. That yes, they, it, uh, 100%. Because, I mean, I know Rod Babers has talked with us about their 2001 yep. Big 12 championship where he firmly believes maybe even guys like Chris Sims got a little tight because yeah. Mac Brown told him, hey, yeah. guys, if we win this, we're going to go to the national championship. They knew running out on the field Tennessee had lost. Yes, and they tightened up. Rod talked about it. They didn't play loose. Uh, they played in un- like this was the most important game. They didn't play within character. The Longhorns hit the field tomorrow not knowing anything. Obviously, Oregon and Washington are playing tonight, but that's a play-in game. Right. If Oregon or well, the winner, that's going to be in then winners from, in. from yeah. the West Coast. So that, and that doesn't control Texas. Uh, that, so they can, you know, they won't know. Uh, and I think that's good. They can play loose, you know, leave it all on the field, and then see how the dust settles make, afterwards. And try to make their statement tomorrow, play the best game they can, get that W, hoist that trophy, let Brett Yormark hand that trophy to Steve Sarkeesian, which I think would be the perfect way to end the, <laughs> for Texas football's time in the Big 12. But – then add more pressure to FSU. 
Yeah. With a win. And you may have a first-time starting quarterback for FSU tomorrow, Aaron. Yeah, Tate Rodemaker could be out for that game to go down to a third-string freshman uh, because of a concussion protocol situation. He's been limited all practice all week. And, you know, we, we saw it last year in Dallas with the uh, Dylan Gabriel situation. Yep. you got to – you got to pass the protocol with an independent neurologist, and if you don't, um, you know you know Oklahoma would have liked to have Dylan Gabriel playing last year in that game, forty-nine to nothing. Uh, they, we know it's an important game for Jane, or for Mike Norvell, but uh, that's why they have an independent neurologist to make those calls. So we'll keep an eye on, on Tate Rodemaker, who you know even if he plays, I know you know this, Jerry Louisville has a really good pass rush. Yes, Louisville's got excellent ends. They got good defensive tackles, and Jeff Brom's done a good job. They can get after the quarterback without blitzing, yes. and that's whether it's Rodemaker or the, the the freshman. That could be big advantage Louisville in that game. I, I think pass rush on both sides is so key tomorrow. Because here's the thing I think we know with Jeff Brom and Louisville. They're going to score more than 15 points. That's all Florida could muster up, Billy Napier could muster up last, uh, last Saturday at home against FSU. Jeff Brom's going to score more than 15 tomorrow. I think the magic number for him is about 24 to 27. If they can get that many points on the board, then that means that if it's had success running it and throwing it, but pass protection. Handling that FSU pass rush is huge tomorrow. I think if they do a good job with the uh, FSU pass rush, I think Louisville's going to score points. If the Louisville can get to 24 to 27, the big question, Aaron, is can FSU get to 28? Yeah. Because it didn't look like it last Saturday against Florida. Yeah, they had two, under 275 total yards. 140 yards midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, and they were – and they understood they could they could and, and that was not a good Florida defense by the way no. the whole staff got fired right uh, pretty much for Billy Napier so uh, there is a chance but uh, for Texas Patrick don't worry about that focus on the mission um, you know you finishing the mission that's what Sark has been been focused on and it does feel like Patrick if you know if, if styles make fights in the boxing term this is a good style for Texas this is especially the way Oklahoma State came out of their bye week they were more of an RPO system uh, they were you know trying to spread it around a little bit more um, running three different quarterbacks in there and Mike Gundy said you know what that's not going to work they went to, to a power running game essentially with they Ollie Gordon the scheme. and uh, that plays right into what Texas wants to do it does feel like Texas Tech all over again because Texas Tech did the same thing midway through their season with Joey McGuire. So, Patrick, uh, you know, stay on the mission, and uh, that's what we're doing here at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas. Uh, Great location, about 60 degrees, perfect day. So if you're making your way up here, fighting through some traffic to get here, come see us. It's on South Main. Patrick, this place is – I'll bring you some barbecue, Patrick. There you go. And it might be – might be a couple days old when I get back there because I'm coming back tomorrow or later this weekend, but uh, uh, you can still enjoy it, I promise you. Yeah, and, and I think Jerry touched on a funny point, too. You talk about Brett Yormark having to hand that trophy over. If you oh. don't think every player has talked about laughing at that moment, then you know that every player in the locker room is like, I want to give Sark that moment because they screwed him out of the Big 12 Coach of the Year. He's 11-1. and one. Yep. He didn't get that. I want to see Brett Yormark have to hand him the trophy. And so you know that's another added benefit, uh, another piece of bulletin board. And, man, Iowa State and, and, and Texas Tech can tell you bulletin board material does not help. That has uh, been a bad thing for them the last two weeks against Texas. That defensive line, Tavondre Sweat coming out. Uh, you know, you, Aaron, you just mentioned that the defensive line, what they've been able to do this season. And, you know, Taj Brooks still got 95 yards, but he held him under 100, which only one of their other team did, and that was because they were so far behind they only got 19 carries. So if you're able to hold Ollie Gordon to two or three yards uh, an attempt, then you're you're winning this game walking away because I don't know that Alan Bowman's going to be able to consistently pick up first downs. 
Yeah, uh, agreed. And, you know, and they don't have dynamic wide receivers either. I mean, Brennan Presley, uh, probably their, their best receiver, littler guy, 5'8", 185. Um, this isn't a Mike Gundy team that has that, that right. Des Bryant-type player on the James outside. James Washington. James Washington that are just, oh, my gosh, uh, this guy's a crusher on the outside. That's typically the philosophy for Gundy, right? Get a really good quarterback who can sling it, you can run the rock, and then you have a dynamic wide receiver that demands doubles. And, 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 and Aaron, I think you're going to see Texas press. Yeah. You run a lot of press coverage tomorrow. I do, too. Now the linebackers are key because I think you're going to see uh, Brennan Press a little bit more from the slot, right, which Texas Tech didn't have with Miles Price. Uh, but obviously Oklahoma, Oklahoma State will have that at the disposal. But I think Texas is say, our Oklahoma State outside receivers beat us deep because that's what Texas did against Texas. And we'll see if Oklahoma State has any more success uh, than, Texas, in that, uh, than uh, Texas Tech in that regard. I think the other thing is, guys, defensively, it's a huge game for the edges and outside linebackers. Uh, Ollie Gordon's a cutback runner. Now, they run a lot of pull-two power game, uh, but they also a lot of first step downhill in the run game. But he loves, he's got that cutback vision. So the edges for Texas have to be very technically sound tomorrow while also playing up field enough. I mean, it's a fine line. And then the outside linebackers, I think, have a key, very key tomorrow because Mike Gundy's going to run screens. Yes. Texas Tech didn't work Texas in the screen game. Kansas State did with the tight ends. I think you're going to see te- uh, Oklahoma State tomorrow try to hit Texas in the screen game in a multitude of ways, running back screen, wide receiver screens. I think you're going to see Gundy try to slow down that Texas pass rush and test those outside linebackers. And if they have any success there, then Oklahoma State's going to have Texas on their heels a little bit. We'll see what happens. Agreed, agreed. Uh, another guest we had this morning, Patrick, on the morning show was uh, Sam Mays, uh, who played offensive line All-American at Oak State in the early 2000s, yeah. and he's really on top of this team. And he said, you know what, the offensive line isn't even that good. Right. Uh, they just have a really good running back. Uh, yeah. And they try to get to the second level and mug your linebackers and let Ollie Gordon yeah. uh, make things happen. He's that good. He, you know, he, he's a pretty realistic guy. He said he thinks Ollie Gordon is the best player on the field. But then Texas has the next 10. Right. Uh, it's kind of the conversation. And, you know, we could have a debate about Ollie Gordon versus X-Man or Tavondre or some of these guys. I but tend still, to agree with him. If you give him Ollie Gordon and then Texas has the next 10, Patrick, yeah. that's a pretty good advantage to start with for Texas, and especially the way they play run defense. And I agree with you. Um, the, the, the screen game is something to watch tomorrow. With Texas' pressure, it's something Tech probably should have gone more to. Um, you know, quick screens. We saw uh, K-State do it very well in their comeback. Uh, those little tight end screens, middle screens, uh, you can do that against a Texas, uh, as Rod would call it, a fast flow Texas defense, Pat Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I think the screen, you're going to try have to try everything you can. I think they're probably going to try, you know, throwing the short passes over the middle too. That's kind of what they did against Oklahoma when they weren't able to get the run and it pushed guys back off. It took away the pass rush, got the ball out quick for Allen Bowman. I think you could see some of that, but I think the key to the game is to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. Try not to let him get into his own head and be able to make mistakes because once you're letting him think he can make mistakes, he's what, 10, uh, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions? Not a great ratio you want to have for your starting quarterback going into a championship game. So if you can see that, you know, he's just going – they're going to try and get the ball and use use Ollie Gordon as many ways in the screen game, you know, in – and draws and whatever else they can to try and get the ball out of Allen Bowman's hands as quickly as possible. The problem is if, if Ollie Gordon can get four or five yards of carry, then you only really need Allen Bowman to get you another four or five, and you keep moving down the field. That's when you can start changing the game. Because what we saw against Tech was the field position never really shifted in Tech's favor. 
And they were able to keep going by the way of kicking field goals instead of going for it on fourth down and getting good punts. They were able to keep the field position in Texas' favor for most of that game. I think you need to keep that kind of philosophy against Oklahoma State and not give them up some ground because once you get into that red zone area, once you get into where they can start kicking field goals, momentum can shift quickly. No question about that. And uh, you mentioned field position. Uh, if the Longhorns bring anything close on tomorrow morning at 11 to uh, the three hours of special teams football they played last Friday night, uh, it's going to be a long day for Oak State because uh, after the game, uh, Joey McGuire, the coach at Texas Tech, said that, you know, the thing that surprised him the most, he said, if you would have told me before the game that we were going to get that dominated in the special teams, I would have told you I was going to be shocked uh, because Texas Tech had been a very good special teams unit this year. He thought it was one of their advantages or someplace they could take an advantage on Texas where there are very few. And Texas you know, returns a kick for a touchdown, blocks a punt, five yep. field goals. Field position was in their advantage the whole day. If they bring that phase at that level – you know, with Jeff Banks and Joe DeCamillis, uh, I don't know that Oak State has a chance to be in this game. You know what the best uh, compliment Gundy gave Texas this week is Monday press conference because he got like four questions about uh, Byron Murphy and Sweat. How are you going to deal with those guys? How are you going to deal with those guys? And we finally got sick of the question. He was like, you know, none of you guys are talking about special teams with Texas. They are plus 300 in punt return yards this year. He said that's an exceptional stat. And, Aaron, that took me aback because I hadn't looked at punt return plus minus rankings in college football. I know Xavier Worthy's really good. I know Ryan Sanborn's really good. And I know Texas has great gunners and coverage, covers punts really well. But I didn't know exactly where that number was. But that's a sign of respect for Gundy to that Texas special teams, especially Xavier Worthy. And I think, that, I think Mike Gundy would rather punt it in the stands tomorrow than punt it to Xavier Worthy. On a fast track where we just saw the Cowboys. Yes. Cowboys have scored 40-plus in four straight games on that field. It feels like it's playing fast this year. Uh, X-Man for sure. And that plus 300, and that mean, that's, that's great coverage too. They're not right. giving up much right. in the punt returns with Ryan Sanborn, and they're, they're gaining yards every time with Xavier Worthy and flipping that field position, as Patrick said. And anytime you can get Sark out near midfield to start a drive, you know he's coming with tempo. Yeah. That's when he gets into his bag, gets into his rhythm with his play calling. Uh, with this Texas offense, and it's become a, a huge phase for the Longhorns. And that's why Sark has talked about the versatility of this team all year. They can beat you defensively with goal line stands, special teams, and offense. Uh, we'll get into it. I know Patrick coming up, but we've got to get into Quinn Ewers. You know, this game was uh, kind of a nightmare for him last year yep. in Stillwater. Uh, he's, he learned from it. It's the three-high defense, and uh, we'll talk more about that coming up. But I know you need to get to your uh, Patrick's big fat poll so we can get the uh, the listeners involved with a poll. What are we going with today there, there PD? Yeah, 512-447-3776 is the text line. Let's hit the sounder. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. All right, well, first of all, just send in your score predictions. We always ask for score predictions on a Friday for Texas-Oklahoma State. And I want to know who's going to be the biggest impact player for Texas on Saturday. Who is your big impact player Tell us on the text line, 512-447-3776. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Aaron Hogan, Jerry Hamilton, Bobby Burton, all the guys hanging out there at Terry Black's Barbecue there in Dallas. When we come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. It's the Horn Countdown to the Championship Kickoff Show. Presented by One Source Gas and our travel partners, Hayes City Store and The Taste on Main.
Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Friday afternoon. It is a 5-1-2 Friday playing local music. You can go check out Around Town this weekend. This is Souls Extolled. They're playing a show tonight, uh, Friday at the Flamingo Cantino. Uh, Kairos is going to be on that bill, vibing in the submersible. It's going to be a fun show uh, tonight over at Flamingo Cantina with Souls Extolled. I know Souls Extolled. I know he just posted up a video of him playing Eyes of Texas. He's a big Texas fan, so give him a plug here on the Sports Complex on a 5-1-2 Friday. Being joined today by my man Aaron Hogan. He is out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas getting ready for the big game coming up this Saturday morning. So we're, we're hours away now. We are officially hours yes. away. So yeah. it, it, is, it is getting to be time that now Texas fans, which it's, it's, this happens a lot in, in championship time, where you're really confident, really confident all week. You feel good. You go the matchups seem to match up. And then as you get closer, you're like, ah, but he is Gundy. It is Gundy, and we know Quinn Ewers has struggled against Gundy at, in the past. And so I think it's going to be a, uh, a a tricky situation, but uh, we've seen Quinn improve against the three high three down. Sark has improved his play calling against it. Uh, but you guys are out there at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. What's the mood in Dallas right now? I think confident. Uh, and, you know, we were here for Texas OU, and the Longhorns were confident too, and they lost that football game. Brett Venables had his team ready to play. We know Oklahoma had focused on that game the entire offseason and kind of made it their their mission statement uh, to get back and beat Texas after getting blanked the year previous. But, uh, you know, this one's coming pretty quick. This game wasn't on the schedule when the season began and kind of rightful that Texas gets to see Mike Gundy one more time on the way out to try to give him that receipt. Uh, but, Jerry, from the, from the coaching side, Mike Gundy has won seven of the last ten and nine yep. of the last 13. Uh, what is it that, that Mike Gundy can do? You mentioned screen game. Yeah. Uh, what can they do to throw some wrinkles at Texas? And obviously, if you, I mean, you'd like to, to make Quinn yours have a game like he did last year in Stillwater. Win won't be up. It's going to be in a controlled environment. That's a big difference, right? Uh, and Quinn's a year older. Yeah. And he's played in that building before, playing yes. some state championship games with South Lake South Lake Carroll. But what what can they throw at Texas to? It's a mismatch talent wise. Right. How do they? How does Mike Gundy get into his bag? Look, I think the biggest thing Mike can do outside of just the you know the chess match that they'll have within the game, which that kind of has to unfold, right? is condense the game as much as possible. I really believe this. He's, I think Mike Gundy's going to be perfectly okay with a few one-yard runs because the clock's running, and he's not in second and 14, and he's not in third and 13. If he can stay ahead of the chains, he will be patient with the run game in this game because that means the clock is running for him. If he can keep his defense off the field as much as possible, um, then I think he feels like he's got a chance in the fourth quarter. If he can get it to the fourth quarter with a chance to win against a team that's much more talented, I think he's going to be a happy football coach. Um, and I also think he's going to be hoping, that, Aaron, that Texas feels the pressure and turns the ball over early. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the key, right? I mean, But, look, here's the thing about Quinn. I know we're going to talk about Qu- Quinn's completed 73.6% of his passes in Big 12 play. Yeah. I mean, that's a massively big number, especially with a downfield passing game, which Texas has. They maybe not be throwing it over the top as much, but they throw long opposite field hashes. That's the way Sark is stressing the field vertically this year is long opposite field 15-yard comebacks, 18-yard comebacks, 20-yard routes. So that is the way he's stressing the field. So Quinn has completed 736 in a downfield passing offense. That's a big number. 
Um, I think what Gundy's got to hope is Texas has some nerves, turns the ball over. Uh, but I think the key for him is to be patient with one and two yard runs and just look up at that clock and watch it run and condense that game as much as possible. That's the best. Uh, I think that's the best way to attack this Texas defensive front is you're also keeping them on the field. And then I think the other thing is when they, if they go to a mass substitution tomorrow and they bring in five, six, seven backup players, that's when I think you're going to see Gundy get it going quick because that's had success against Texas when they mass substitute. I, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, you, you watch enough film of Texas and you know when Sweatin' and for whatever reason they take Sweat and Murphy out together yeah. and they bring in Trill Carter and Vernon Broughton. Uh, when you see those guys get them on the field, you get whatever you have. That's when you run with it, yep. uh, Patrick, and try to go quick, try to manufacture, don't let them sub uh, because a lot of times if, if the team starts moving the ball, they'll come back in with the, the ones as they get closer to the goal line. Uh, but you're right. I think compressing this game, Patrick, is big. Uh, you know, Texas, you know, the red zone offense is still an issue. Uh, you want to be able to force Bert Auburn to kick field goals, keep yourself in this game. And remember, uh, they were just in this game two years ago. It's a different roster, but uh, they fell behind big time to, to Dave Aranda and Baylor in that game. I think it was 21-3. to three. Yep. Uh, The quarterback, Spencer Sanders, was playing terrible. And they fought their way back in that game, and they almost won it. If they could have scored from the goal line, they would have won the Big 12 championship two years ago. So credit to Mike Gundy to be in this game for the second time in three years. But those would be the game. That would be the game plan: shorten the game, yeah. uh, use the new clock rules, in, you know, outside of the two minutes, and uh, force some field goals and see if they can create some big plays. I do like to, his stat though, Patrick, about Pat Quinn. Yours, you know, has, he has been really good in Big 12 play when healthy, and really good in the second half of yes. football games yes. this season. Yeah, and I mean, if we look at what he did against Iowa State, where it, you know, it wasn't the perfect weather that it's going to be at AT&T Stadium, he was a little bit more hurt than he is going to be in this game. And he looked like he was doing fine against a defense that has given him problems in the past. So I, I think that Sark is getting that next step into it. Quinn has now seen it. He's had time to process. We know Quinn, one of the things that was really frustrating with him last year where a lot of people got upset is it just takes him a while to process a lot of this information. His footwork is much better this season. His reading of defenses is much better this season. And a lot of it, I think, just kind of took an off season where he had to take a couple days off and get better. Now he's had a break in the season, too, where with the injury, where he kind of got to process a little bit more. And I think he's been playing pretty good football. He looked really good against Tech, but, of course, everybody looked good against Tech. Uh, I, I think that this is a game for Quinn to show out as well, that he was left off of the all-Big 12 teams. And yeah. he knows that, you know, look, I get that I'm not in the Heisman. I'm not going to New York for the Heisman. But you're going to tell me I'm not one of the best two quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now? I think he's got something that he'd like to prove in this game as well. Sark's going to play conservative for a lot of it because you can't turn the ball over. Uh, I think, you know, that's you don't ever want to let Oklahoma State get back in this game. They've shown that they're the cockroach of the Big 12, and they will not die. <laughs> so they're, they're not going away. So you have to, if you don't turn the ball over, you don't give them short fields by going for it on fourth down and give them momentum. You just kick your field goals and kick it off and use that great kickoff return that, that unit if you're able to do those things against oklahoma state and don't let the door out don't, don't let the door open it, it makes them have to change their game plan and go away from ollie gordon and go that's into right. their weaker points and that's what you want to do with sark is you don't have to force their hand by trying to you know make the big sack up front you want to force their hand by just not letting them ever get back into the game and then they have to throw the deep passes and that's where your safeties who are playing better in the second half of the season get a shot to go make some interceptions, and really put this game away. A little bit of the game within the game. Texas, a lot this year, has asked JT Sanders to pass pro against some really good players. Nelson Caesar got Quinn against U of H. 
Colin Oliver's as good as Texas has faced other than Dallas Turner in that regard. Colin Oliver, I think Texas has to be mindful of that. They can't ask JT Sanders to go one-on-one with Colin Oliver in pass pro. Colin Oliver not only has six sacks, he has four forced fumbles. He's a guy who can create turnovers. So a little game within the game there is how is Texas going to ID Colin Oliver? Are they going to ID and pass pro him? with JT Sanders, which they've done a lot this year from the tight end position, or are they going to go away from that in this game? I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Jerry, you're with me on the uh, Inside Texas watch along, the game watch, and we talked about that a lot. I mean, even against Iowa State early when those four sacks came, uh, Patrick against Quinn, uh, you know, two at least two of them were JT Sanders' assignment. He just got beat. Uh, in pass protection, and then you saw Gunnar Helm come into the game and yep. and help out. But, you know, J.T. Sanders can be a big factor in this game, stressing yes, those linebackers no and stressing the middle of the field. I heard you talking on your live stream about Central Florida, uh, who beat this team 45-3. to um, You know, this, this is why people were mad that Gundy beat Sark for Coach of the Year. He's got a loss to South Alabama this year, and he's got a loss to Utah. Two blowouts. Two, two blowout losses. Um, but what, what did Central Florida do with Gus Malzahn that, that maybe Texas can replicate? Well, one, they have quarterback run games, so we have to throw that out. But I, I said that in the Tech, and I thought this was interesting. Because UCF, other than Texas, is the only team in the conference who can do this because Oklahoma just doesn't have the running back run the ball well enough. They have two receivers who are probably going to play on Sundays in some capacity. Then they have a running back who's a really good player. Then they have a tight end. Randy Pittman's a freshman. They have another tight end. But those guys are athletes. They can actually stress you down the field a little bit. So when UCF had 485, 490 yards in Lubbock, and that was right after UCF had 580 yards, something monstrous number at home against Oklahoma State in the rain, by the way. I said, okay, if Tech's going to struggle with that, because Texas is that on steroids. They have Worthy and A.D. Mitchell and J.T. Sanders and a number of running backs and a big offensive line. So if Tech struggled with that and Oklahoma State struggled with that, Oklahoma State's sitting there thinking, man, how do we defend Texas? We couldn't defend UCF, and Texas has better players at those positions and can put stress on the defense in different ways than anybody else can in this conference that's what texas has going for them tomorrow agree with that and uh you know that was a flat performance obviously by yep. oak state coming off the bedlam emotion and it was in the rain but man it was ugly and uh, texas can take some of that patrick and, and run with and it and their run game got shut down all he had 25 well for to 50. me and again i know it was flat patrick but that's that's the recipe to, to take and really dominate this game is play with a lead which takes out Ollie Gordon out of the game, build buildings, what happened with Texas Tech. You know, Taj Brooks became a non-factor because it, they were trailing so much when it was 23-7 at the half. Uh, so those are, the, those are the recipes. Those are the game plans. Or like this one, Patrick, that, uh, you know, police are now investigating an Oklahoma State fraternity for uh, 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 a, a dead longhorn that was found outside of a frat house this week. I don't know if you saw that. That is, I, uh, I saw that, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they can try those tricks or something like that. I don't know. What a ridiculous thing that is. Yeah. yeah not not a great story to come out before, and I'm sure it, it's one of those ones that's not really bulletin board because you understand that probably 99% of that football team also thinks it's dumb and does, didn't want it yes. to happen. It's not something where it's a football team actually saying it. It's some idiots that are at Oklahoma State, which maybe is a little bit redundant, but we can say that <laughs> That this, I think that Texas, it is. It's if you just put your foot on the throat, like that's what they did against Texas Tech that they didn't do against Kansas State that they didn't go against TCU. They went for it on fourth downs to try and put the death nail instead of just kicking field goals. They kept right. they they 
they didn't necessarily play field position. They just played to, if we take this final blow, we'll get them. And, look, you could be up 45 nothing on Oklahoma State at half, and they'll go try and put up 35 in the second half and try and screw up your college football playoffs. So you have to play this game just kind of foot on the gas the whole time and take what's given to you at these points. But I agree, and I, and I think when, when we talk about JT Sanders, I, you know, you hope he stays in these games, but we saw early in the season too, and, and uh, you know, especially after Oklahoma, and he was a little bit banged up in the ankle, and he wasn't blocking at all with that ankle injury. Gunnar Helm got a lot more playing time. And I think, you know, if you see that, that JT Sanders is kind of struggling to get the block, Gunnar Helm's probably going to come in a lot more. And, you know, I don't think Sark really has an issue with, well, put in another guy who can he can't change the game like JT Sanders can, but he can also, they're not game planning for him to go across and pick up eight yards across the middle, and that's what Gunnar Helm can do. So, you know, I think there is something that Texas, what really separates Texas at this point of the season is that they've progressed a lot of these guys that are not even getting a lot of playing time to be better and, and and when you put in that okay well now our second string tight end is better than any tight end you have on your roster and are, can you can you stop us if you know one of our guys you get through one we've got another guy right behind him that's something that Texas going into this game I think gives them a, a pretty good edge against Oklahoma State that Oklahoma State needs their guy they need Ollie Gordon to be dominant or else like we talked about with UCF that once you stop Ollie Gordon everything kind of falls apart for this Oklahoma State team because they don't have the pieces to make everything else go. That's right. That's right. And that's another thing Sam Mays told, us, told, uh, told Nick and I this morning. Uh, just don't let Oak State hang around and be within seven in the fourth quarter. That's yep. what Oklahoma did. Oklahoma gave, put 500 yards on this team. Uh, they, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit with some turnovers. And in the end, Oklahoma State was, was, in, was, was within a touchdown at home, was able to rally. Uh, that's where their kind of mental toughness shows through, and then Gundy can get in his bag a little bit. Uh, if you if you play with a double-digit lead and, and uh, make them abandon Ollie Gordon a little bit, that is the way you, you really stretch this game out uh, for Texas. We're live at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas. I want to remind you we're going to be live, and Jerry's going to join me tomorrow as well over at uh, Jay Gilligan's over in Arlington. We'll be right about a mile away from the uh, AT&T Stadium tomorrow morning. We're here in South Dallas because we love the barbecue, and Terry Black is such a, uh, a great uh, – great host of us when we come out here but so it's a perfect place to eat and have some fun on a friday night but we'll be in in downtown arlington and patrick i told the folks all week long jay gilligan's has a shuttle so if you don't want to pay the jerry jones parking freight <laughs> which is up to 125 dollars in spots oh my gosh you can uh, come and hang out with us at jay gilligan's they're going to open at 7 30 tomorrow we'll go on the air at eight and uh, we'll be cranking, and they'll have food and drinks and pregame and uh, everything going on, and then you can shuttle right over to the stadium, and they'll bring you back. Your car will be there and safe, and they do it for every Cowboys game. Uh, they were doing it last night for the uh, Seahawks victory, and so he told me on Thanksgiving, uh, Jerry, that they shuttled almost 3,000 people yeah. to and from Jay Gilligan's and back. So that's where we'll be tomorrow morning. There'll be a lot of Longhorn fans there guaranteed, so come on out. Uh, we'll be there tomorrow, and again, thanks to One Source Gas of Central Texas, our uh, presenting partner, of course, and uh, Hayes City Store and Ice House and Taste on Main for helping us get up here and be a part of this uh, championship for the first time in a while. Uh, pretty darn cool. I need to say one thing, Patrick, to my friend Travis at Hayes City Store. I just heard that recorded spot. I think I said wood-fried pizza. Sorry about that. Wood-fried pizza. Well, it's I mean, wood-fired pizza. Wood-fired yeah. pizza. I, I cut the spot yesterday and said wood-fried pizza. They don't have wood-fried pizzas at Hayes City Store. They have wood-fired pizza. By the way, I love Hayes City Store. My fr- uh, One of my bu- best buds from high school 
I grew up with uh, lives down in Wimberley. He yep. took me to that spot a couple of years ago. I love that place. It's awesome. I'd be there all the time if I lived in the area. Oh, we do, and it's not wood f- fried pizzas. It's wood <laughs> fired pizzas. Let me apologize on that. But speaking of the fires, Patrick, you know, we were here in October for Texas OU. It was about 90-something degrees, Ooh. and we were sitting next to these huge, uh, you know, smokers that they have here, the um, the pits here at, at Terry Black's Barbecue, and it was like we were sweating. I smelled like barbecue for a week <laughs> and didn't mind. Yes. Well, today it's about 60 degrees, and yeah. it's getting cooler, so it, it kind of feels good to sit right next to the fire. But that's where we are, Terry Black's Barbecue today. Jay Gilligan's in Arlington tomorrow, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Feeling feeling pills of confidence. Well, also, Patrick, I know get into the uh, the, the other big games. Longhorns need to worry about theirs, but there's a lot to be uh, dealt with coming up uh, tonight and then tomorrow on Championship Saturday. I know you'll get into that Cowboys win as well last night, which was fun. Listen to a lot of Dallas radio driving in. They're fired up about Dak Prescott being in yeah. the MVP race and um, you know winning that game last night. So lots to talk about. It's a fun Friday. It's a fun Friday. We also got Texas basketball was in action last night, and there's some things to talk about, I'm sure, in that game. <laughs> it did not go exactly to plan, so we'll get into all of that. And, of course, the text line, guys, 512-447-3776, asking you for your score predictions and who will be the biggest impact player for Texas on Saturday. Send us in that text line. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get to some of your text messages and keep the show rolling here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. the Horn Countdown to the Championship Kickoff Show. Presented by One Source Gas and our travel partners, Hayes City Store and The Taste on Main. A little girl walked by my way. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. It's a 5-1-2 Friday where we play bands from here, right here in Austin, Texas. You can go see live around town this weekend. This is Stale Fish. They're playing tonight at high noon. High noon, you can go check out Stale Fish playing tonight. Uh, some more rock and roll for you on a 5-1-2 Friday. Uh, we're going to rejoin Aaron Hogan and the guys out at Terry Black's at the top of the hour, but I want to get to the text line, 512-447-3776. And I'm going to update the poll question because I've seen some of them so far, and we're going to read them all, but I want to. I, I do want to update now. I'm going to update the poll question to be who will be the biggest impact player for Texas on on defense and offense because I'm getting a lot of the same answers, and I think you guys are right, but let's say defense and offense so we'll get a we'll say who's the biggest uh, impact on defense, who's going to be the biggest impact on offense as well. Hitting up on the text line, uh, first texter says Jay Witt. Jay Witt, I mean, look if he can come out there and get those underneath passes and and just kind of take away if Oklahoma State wants to take everything else away. We know last year when they played, uh, Jay Witt was open a, a lot and they kept throwing to Xavier Worthy. So maybe they'll leave him open again and and Quinn can make him pay this year. Maybe that'll be the case. Uh, Nate says, uh, early hello, PD. I appreciate that. And while I'd like to get cute with the player, the impact player has to be sweat again. Yeah, I think, you know, and this texter says it's a no-brainer to Vondre Sweat versus Gordon. I think we're going to get a lot of Tavondre Sweat. So I'm going to add in, name me your offensive uh, biggest impact player, too. Or if you said an offensive player, give me give me your defense. I'm guessing it's going to be Tavondre Sweat, though. We know what he could do. I, I can tell you there is going to be some other big impact players because we kind of trust Tavondre Sweat. Now, he's got to do what he's got to do, right? 
But we also know Tavondre Sweat is we, – we think he's going to do that. So maybe it could be an Ethan Burke playing on the side. We, we heard Jerry Hamilton talking about, you know, the cutbacks that Ollie Gordon does. And maybe it's going to be him. Maybe it's an Anthony Hill or a Jalen Ford just stopping those plays even when the defensive line gets caught. It could be another guy. We don't know. Or it could be – you know, we could say Michael Taft could have another interception. We could get another big Jade Barron interception. Something like that could be a big play. Manny Muhammad could make some big plays in this game, too, with Ryan Watts out. They may attack him early if he has the big game. There, there's a lot of players who could be impact players on that defense as well. Uh, Rod, uh, Coach Rodney from Rosebud Lot says 48-14. to 14, Sweat going to whip some butt. Stump that run game from the beginning. Hook him. And that Kool-Aid tasting good this week. The Kool-Aid is tasting pretty good. I'm hoping it's tasting good by at about 3 o'clock on on uh, Saturday, because I'll be, I'll be drinking that Kool-Aid and it'll be spiked with whatever you can put in it. Vintage Scott says, Texas 37, Arena League Stadium team dwellers 20. Impact player will be Anthony Hill, linebacker. I like that. Get in there. If he can get a pass rush, and if Anthony Hill can get in there and stop the run plays as well, if he can get pressure, not miss tackles in that, he could be a big impact player in this game. Another Ant Hill knocks Bowman out of the game. I don't think you need to knock Bowman out of the game, really. No, I'm not as worried about Bowman, and he may be go prove us all wrong, but I'm not as worried about him that I think you need to go to another quarterback because, you know, we did that in Oklahoma game and uh, it didn't do well for us at point. We knocked out Spencer Rattler and things went downhill from there. Uh, Texas uh, says you might, you guys might have announced this, but does anybody know where you can watch the Longhorn game since if anyone has that DirecTV or HCD viewers, KVU is off the air? Get an antenna. If it is, if it's off the air, get an antenna. Uh, you can watch uh, everything streaming. It'll be uh, everything's online. Uh, if you can watch it there, it'll be so it's still free. If you if you can, I did not know that they had a uh, they had a dispute going right now. But if they do, you can just uh, plug in an antenna, go to channel twenty four one. That'll be KVU, uh, I believe. I believe that's right. Twenty four one would be the channel. But you can get a, just get an antenna from the store. They sell them at Walmart or Best Buy or whatever, like ten fifteen bucks. If you got Amazon Prime, you may be able to get one there too. Get that one. Vintage Scott also says, uh, offense, Quinn Ewers. I like that. Quinn Ewers. Chief Engineer, traveling back in. I missed you yesterday, Chief Engineer. Uh, you, may, you missed our buddy Jacob on the show, but uh, you, I know you wanted to give him crap. He was on Wednesday. You missed him. Uh, <laughs> man, Chief Engineer says, Jalen Ford, playing pissed off. Same for Hill. I like that. And 38-17. I like uh, That's a good score. I'm hoping the Texas defense comes out and, and holds them. I'm hoping they do. And my man Nate says, Baxter for the offensive side, control the clock. I like that. Daydrinker77 says, uh, it is Jay Ford and Jalen Ford and Jordan Whittington. A lot of people, like that love for Jordan Whittington is real in this in this city. There's a lot of love for that man. That man, I don't think, is ever going to have to buy a drink. And I don't know, I doubt he even drinks. But he'll never have to drink, uh, you know, kombucha ever again uh, if he doesn't want to in this town because he has a lot of love for Jordan Whittington in this town. All right. We're going to take a break. Text line's still open, 512-447-3776. If you, whatever you guys want to ask questions about, we got some great guys that we can pass those questions on to. I'll try and answer them the best I can, too. If you got questions about the Texas game or the Texas college football playoffs, any of that, Texas basketball, we're, we're going to get to that later. The Cowboys get a win last night, and the defense looks as bad as they've looked all season, but the offense looked really, really good. Dak Prescott's still in the MVP conversation. If you got any talk about that, 512-447-3776 is the text line number 
You can keep sending it in. We'll keep coming back to it over and over again. And when we come back, we will get back to uh, headed out to Terry Black's Barbecue out there in Dallas. Aaron Aaron Hogan is out there right now enjoying some time with his friends from inside Texas. And uh, Jerry Hamilton was just on. We may get somebody else. Who knows what the next two hours of the Sports Complex on a special three-hour episode of the Sports Complex today as we're giving you the countdown to the championship kickoff right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.